Please look with me at Luke 6:45. And these are the words of Jesus. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. So I would like to speak to you today on heart-to-heart conversations with God. You may be seated. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our desires, our feelings, they're all seated in our heart. Not that physical heart that's pumping blood to your body, but it's our innermost being. It's who we are. Do you know your heart? Do you trust your heart? Well, apparently, Abraham, a father of the Jews, a great man of faith, did not trust his son's heart. It's quite an interesting story in Genesis 24. Abraham is getting really, really old. I mean, he was old when he, when he had Isaac, remember? And now Isaac is 40. So Abraham's really old, right? And Abraham's worried because Isaac isn't married. So Abraham calls in his lead servant, the man who rules his house. And he tells him he wants to make a promise, an oath. He wants to give him this assignment. It was a special assignment, an important assignment. And I'm sure the servant must have been shocked when he heard what the request was. I would have been shocked. Abraham shares that he wants this servant to find his son, Isaac, a wife. Now, not a wife from around here. It's a little more complicated than that. Abraham said, no, I've seen these Canaanite girls. I am not impressed. I want you to go back to the country where I came from and find a wife. Really? Wow. That's quite a journey. So the wide-eyed servant, I'm sure, looked at Abraham and said, um, okay, what, what if I, I meet the right girl and, and she refuses to come back with me? Uh, why don't I just take Isaac with me? And Abraham said, no, 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 no. I don't want Isaac going. You're the only one on this assignment. Wow. That's a tall order, isn't it? 
But Abraham told the servant, God will send an angel before you. And if the girl doesn't come back with you, well, then the oath, the promise, the assignment is off. Don't worry about it. But the servant was worried. I'm sure Isaac was too. (laughs) I would be. All right. So who was this servant? Really? Did he know Isaac's heart? Well, perhaps. Maybe this servant had helped raising Isaac. Maybe they grew up together. Perhaps Abraham felt that this servant knew Isaac better than anyone else. Sometimes we don't know our heart. It may take someone else to reveal some things in our heart. I can relate. At one time... There was only three in the Myers family. We were relatively a quiet bunch. There's Bishop and Dr. Myers and me. But someone important is missing. God sent us David. David didn't like to sleep too much. He still doesn't. But when he was asleep, I would keep an eye on him. And as an infant one day, he woke up and I scooped him up in my arms out of the bassinet and I started running down the hall yelling, mommy, the baby's up. He's awake. He's awake. And she's running toward me. And her reaction surprised me. She took him in her arms and she said, don't you ever pick him up again. And I never did. But my mom gave me other assignments. David was curious. He was so intelligent that he wanted to know about everything. And he was into everything. He was a great kid. He's cute, isn't he? (laughs) So early on, I received a directive from my mom, which consisted of three words. Denise, watch David. So I did. My parents evangelized and then they pastored. Church time was a busy, busy time for them. And both of them were on the platform during service. David sat with me. After church, everyone wanted my parents' attention. But once in a while, my mother's attention was diverted. And she would catch my eye and she would ask me three words. Denise, where's David? Where's my mom? Where is she? Oh, wow. You're way in the back. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Am I not right? (laughs) If I had a dollar for every time my mom said, Denise, where's David? I would be a rich woman today. (laughs) But I always had an answer. He was my brother and I was his guardian. When we went to camp meeting services... 
in Ocala. Did you see that screen during the announcements? There's another picture of him, by the way. You can put it up because this one you've got to see. See the mischief? He's adorable. But you can see it, right? So we lived at the campgrounds in Ocala, did we not? I mean, there's camps all summer. And for whatever reason, we were there, Dad, right? For every, every camp meeting, every camp event. It's hot in Ocala. And when we were kids, there wasn't air conditioning. And they'd open the windows. Somebody over here remembers. You remember, Jerry. And they'd open the windows, and there wasn't a lot of airflow. And the, the tabernacle was packed. We had some wonderful services. But, you know, those services would get very, very long, maybe too long. And um, about halfway through the service, my mother would press a quarter into my palm. And she would say three words. Take David out. And I was excited. I would turn to him and I would say, do you want to go exploring? Because he was always ready for an adventure. And he still is. Right, Sister Amy? (laughs) Well, I know you're wondering about that quarter. After running around and exploring the campground, I um, would give him the quarter and he would run to the Coke machine. Remember those, Jerry? The glass bottles. Yeah. And he would get a knee-high orange. That was his favorite. For those of you that have no idea what that is, there's a picture. And I didn't realize it at the time. There's a lot of sugar and a lot of caffeine actually in those. (laughs) So, by the way, I got one too. And we would load up on sugar and caffeine and off to church we went again, full of uh, the grace of God. So fast forward now, David and I are on the campground in Ocala, but now I'm 16 and he is 11. It was a thing back then, after the evening service, to buy food at the concession stand and just hang out and talk with your friends. Isn't he handsome? Those were called leisure suits. For those of you that aren't old enough, those were the suits back then. Yeah. He had his eye on me. This night, when I would typically be walking around with friends, getting food from the concession stand. I don't know. I'm looking at the young people. Do you guys do that nowadays? Is that what you do? Do you hang out with friends? Okay, thank you, Melody. She said yes. And you just, you just walk and talk around the campground. I mean, there's only so many places you can go, right? Well, this particular night, I wasn't with my friends. I was with this guy. And suddenly, and oh yeah, I really liked him. I was smitten by this guy. He was older than me. And suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I see someone following me. Can you guess who it was? If not, his picture's on the screen. 
Yes, it was my brother. And the guy said to me, why is he following us? And, you know, I just was pleasant. And I said, oh, that's my brother. (laughs) David, get out of here. (laughs) He didn't leave. Inside my head, I was screaming. And I kept giving him that eye. But finally, I suggested to the guy that we just go and sit down on a bench. Surely he would go away. So we did. Who comes up and sits down on the bench beside me? In case you don't know, his picture's on the screen. Our roles had reversed. Now the assignment had changed. My brother had become my guardian, and he was watching out for me and watching out for my heart. Maybe that's the kind of relationship that Abraham, Abraham's servant had with Isaac. You know, maybe they watched out for each other, watched out for each other's heart. Obviously, this, this servant was young because he was asked to take this long journey. And it was a long journey. Maybe they grew up together and there's just, you know, there was just something between this servant And Isaac, he knew Isaac's heart maybe, and he wanted the very best for Isaac. But the servant prayed, and he spoke to God from his heart. He asked God for a sign. He said, all right, I I am going to take this journey. I'm going to go to the well in Nahor, and I'm going to ask a damsel, a girl, for a drink. And Lord, if it's the right girl, if this is the one for Isaac, then let her gladly give me a drink and and then let her offer to give drinks to all my camels. Did I mention he had 10 camels with him? He also had some helpers that traveled with him. And I... I think there's a map. Can you go back to that map just for a moment? No, not that one. (laughs) Uh, Not that one, the one before. There it is. Now, looking at that, you can see where they started and follow the red line up there. It was 400 miles. So this was not a short trip. By the way, it was on camel back. That's a long trip. Look at the next map. It's a modern day map. And you can see that it's, it's around, it's from Israel all the way into Syria. It was a long trip. So the servant decided he had to have a plan. And I'll guarantee you he had a long time to think about it. He had a heart to heart conversation with God. Isn't that what the Bible said? Well, let me show you what the Bible says in Genesis 24, verse 45. And before I had done speaking in my heart. Now, I know that's awkward grammar for today, but basically it's saying the servant is saying before I could stop speaking in my heart. 
Who is he speaking to? He was speaking to God. He was having this heart-to-heart conversation with God. Behold, Rebecca came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down into the well, and she drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. Well, that wasn't the end of the story. She, she's pretty impressive, right? And I'm sure he's, he's saying, okay, my master said the angel of God would go before me. So here, here it goes. Um, do you mind if um, I go home with you and meet your family? I wonder what she thought. That's what he asked. And she was like, yeah, come on. We got plenty of food. In fact, we've got enough food for all your camels. It's a great story. If you want to read the entire chapter of Genesis 24, it's amazing. And the servant tells the story more than once. And that's exactly what he did. He got to the house and he told the whole family the story. And then he asked the big question. May I have Rebecca to take back to my master's son, Isaac? Look at the response from her brother and her mother. Genesis twenty-four fifty-five, And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten After that, she shall go. What do you think they were thinking? Let's buy some time, right? Let's just, well, let's see if this is really the right thing. They were guarding her heart. And he, verse 56, said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master verse 57 and they said we will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth well what a novel idea let's ask Rebecca what she wants to do and they called Rebecca and said unto her "Wilt thou go with this man and she said I will go Well, after a 400-mile journey on a camel's back, have you ever ridden on a camel's back? I have. And I wasn't alone. I was with my mother. (laughs) It was a miserable ride. It was horrible. I don't recommend it to anyone. If you have the opportunity, don't get on a camel. And certainly don't travel 400 miles. But in verse 63, the Bible gives us a peek at Isaac. We haven't heard about him until this point. Look at verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. 
Oh, I imagine (laughs) he was out there meditating every night wondering who is coming back to marry me from this foreign country. And probably more than that, he was having a heart to heart conversation with God. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes and saw the camels coming. Verse 64, and Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. Isaac married Rebecca. And the Bible says Isaac loved Rebecca. It's a beautiful love story. And just think. It all started with a heart-to-heart conversation with God. You may not know your heart. Your friends may not know your heart. But God does. God knows your heart. There are things in your heart that no one can know except God. The Bible says that God even knows the desires of your heart. And that's why Isaac got this beautiful bride from Syria. The love story of Isaac and Rebecca started with a heart to heart conversation with God. Did you know that God looks at your heart and he considers your heart? Another heartwarming story in the Bible I must share with you today is in 1 Samuel 16. And Samuel was a priest. And he, had given, he was given an assignment by the Lord to anoint another king. And God told Samuel, I am not looking at their outward appearance. I am looking at their heart. Look at 1 Samuel 16, 6. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Samuel was pretty sure that Eliab was going to be the next king. He was the oldest son of Jesse. And he was tall, dark, And handsome. Well, look at verse 7 if you don't believe me. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. See? He was tall. Because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God not only knows your heart, he's watching your heart. He's looking. And in this room today, he sees every single heart in this congregation. Isn't he amazing? There were six sons that Jesse had. And and Samuel went by each one of them. And none of them were the chosen one. None. So finally, Samuel's confused and he looks at Jesse and he says, are these all of your sons? Oh, 
uh, well, um, my youngest son is, is actually out watching the sheep. What? Samuel says, go and get him and bring him in. Samuel did not go out to the field where David was. In fact, he told them, don't anybody sit down until he gets here. Nobody move. I mean, I don't know where the field was, but it must have taken some time, right? So they're all standing. All six older brothers are standing. And here comes the seventh son running in, smelling like sheep. It's an awesome story that that God allows us to know. Look at verse 12 of that same chapter. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. All those tall guys, the six older brothers standing there in their best attire, looking all so handsome and ready to be king. But the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel anointed David to be the next king in front of his brothers, including that oldest brother, Eliab. Okay, now fast forward to the next chapter. Now David is going to a battlefield with food. He's bringing food to his brothers who are supposed to be out there fighting the enemy, pushing back the enemy. But he hears a giant and the giant is challenging the armies of God. He's insulting them. He's insulting their God. And David is upset. But his older brother, Eliab, well, he's not very kind to David. In fact, he's rather rude. Look at this verse, 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this man that killeth the Philistine, this to the man that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Can't you hear David's heart? Can you hear it? The words of his mouth were reflecting that narrative in his heart. Well, Eliab didn't hear it. Look at what Eliab saw and thought he knew. In verse 27, it says, And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, verse 28, his eldest brother heard when he spoke unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, 
Why camest thou hither? All right. Modern day vernacular. What are you doing here, punk? Right? And the next question was so insulting. Look at the next question. With whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Like, don't you have a little measly job you're supposed to be tending to? We're on the battlefield. What are you doing here? But the next statement is the most shocking. I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Wow. Look at verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Verse 30. And he turned from him. He turned from him toward another. He ignored Eliab. It's a good thing. And the people answered him again after the former manner. Look at verse 32. And David said to Saul, that's King Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Speaking of Goliath. What? David, you're concerned about other people's heart? That's what he said. David said, don't let any man's heart fail, including his older brother's who were on the battlefield and Eliab was there. Don't, don't, don't worry. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David had a heart for God. He had a heart for the things of God and God knew it. And you know, the rest of the story, David kills Goliath, right? They win the battle. But do we ever hear about Eliab again? We don't. That conversation was the only time we heard him speak in scripture. Guess what, Eliab? You did not know David's heart. God knew David's heart. God was looking at David's heart. What did David possess, really, to fight a giant? A giant that all of the armies were afraid of. He was known as being fierce. He was a killer. And he wanted to destroy them. So what did David have? That no one else had that day. I suggest to you. David had a heart. He had a heart that was aligned with God. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. So is your heart aligned with God? Are you praying, not my will, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Align your heart with the heart of God. God is looking at your heart. He's watching. He's waiting to hear from your heart. So keep your heart open to him. And allow him to speak directly to you. And he will. Has your heart ever been so full that you couldn't speak? You didn't have the words to convey your feelings. 
and just the anguish that was in your heart, that's a heavy feeling. Hannah found herself at this point. She wasn't able to have children. And she was jokingly teased and horribly humiliated by other women. Maybe they said something like, Hey, Hannah, when are you going to have kids? But it wasn't funny to her. It was painful. The Bible says that Hannah was sorrowful. She was so unhappy that she couldn't eat. Now that's really unhappy, especially for me. Even her husband could not understand her sorrow and her grief. Look at 1 Samuel 1, verses 7 and 8. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she, now this is the other woman, provoked her, that's Hannah, Therefore, she, that's Hannah, wept and did not eat. Verse 8. Then said Alcana, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Question number two. And why eatest thou not? Question number three. And why is thy heart grieved? I think. All three questions had the same answer. What do you think? Right? And then the statement. Am not I better to thee than ten sons? See, he knew the answer, right? He knew. From reading the scripture, Elkanah loved Hannah. We know that. And he was good to her. But even he did not understand her heart and what was going on in her heart. There was a time in my life when I felt the same as Hannah. I was informed by two different doctors that I would never have children, one here in Melbourne and one in Indianapolis. So one evening I went to a baby shower and It wasn't easy, but this lady saddled up next to me and asked this question. So, are you next? What a ridiculous question, right? Like, really? How do you answer a question like that? Yes. No. Well, maybe... I don't know what I said, but I probably said something socially correct, like, well, we'll see. (laughs) But I had a heart-to-heart conversation with God. And when I got home, I said to my husband, that's it. I'm not going to any more baby showers. I don't care if you are the assistant pastor. No more baby showers for me. In this Bible story, we find Elkanah and Hannah in the temple. And Hannah is praying with this heavy, heavy heart. Look at verse 10 of 1 Samuel 1. And she was in bitterness of soul 
and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Then imagine this. Eli, who was the priest, saw her in this state. And he thinks that she's drunk. Look at verses 12 and 13 of that same chapter. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Oh, he was watching her praying. He was watching her mouth. And he must have been wondering what's going on with this lady. Because look what he says in the next verse. Now, Hannah, she spake in her heart. Where? In her heart. Only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. She was having a heart-to-heart conversation with God. And no one else heard it. Therefore, Eli thought, She had been drunken. So you hear a lot today about voice, right? People are trying to find their voice. But I want to suggest to you, do you have a heart voice? Do people hear your heart? More importantly, does God hear your heart? Are you speaking to God from your heart? Yes, you do have a heart voice and God hears it better than anyone else. He is listening to your heart. Hannah's voice was not heard, yet her heart was speaking. What is your heart saying to the Lord? You know, at first Eli rebuked Hannah, but then talk about adding insult to injury. This is a classic case. Look at the next verse. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Maybe he thought she had like a wine bottle in her robe or something. Now, how would you react if somebody said that to you? I mean, what? And look at how beautiful Hannah's spirit was. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Eli did not know what her petition was. He didn't know what her prayer was. He didn't know what her heart voice was saying. But God knew and God heard it clearly and God gave a word to Eli to give to Hannah and look what he said. Verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou has asked of him. Eli spoke peace the peace of God into Hannah's life. And look at Hannah's response in verse 18. And she said, let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way 
And she did eat. Yeah, I bet she said, Alcana, where are we going for supper? Let's go. I'm hungry. And her countenance was no more sad. All she had was a word. But she had a heart word. Because God had spoken to her heart. Hannah had peace. She had faith. She had hope. Her petition was now a promise. Look at verse 20. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel. Saying, because. Why? Because I. I have asked him of the Lord. She knew that God heard her heart voice and that God had answered her petition and the promise, the promise was now a reality. And you know what she did with that promise? She turned it into praise. She worshiped God. Her petition had become this this son that was standing in front of her. And now she was giving her son back to God. And in that next chapter of 1 Samuel, the first 10 verses are this powerful prayer, a powerful prayer that she prayed in his dedication. Let's just look at the first two verses because I want you to hear her heart in her praise. Verse 1, and Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Isn't that a powerful prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. He is our rock. He is our heart whisperer. He is our heart listener. I can relate to Hannah. I petitioned the Lord. He heard my prayer. He fulfilled his promise. And I praise him today because I have two children and now two grandchildren. (laughs) glory to God they are all gifts from God oh but wait there's more to the story guess what God had more for Hannah he knew the desires of her heart look at 1 Samuel 2 and verse 20 and Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan. The loan was Samuel, which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. Verse 21. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. And just think that all started With just a heart-to-heart conversation with God. As the musicians come, I want to ask you, 
and the vocalist, <laughs> the musicians and the vocalist, as they come, there is a conversation that you may need to have with God. Maybe you've had conversations with everyone else, right? Have you been there? I have. I think we all have. But sometimes you can't have this kind of heart-to-heart conversation with anyone else. No one else knows your heart. No one else can hear your heart like God hears your heart. He knows your heart. He looks on your heart. He listens to your heart. So is there a conversation that maybe you've been wanting to have with God? Is your heart heavy? Maybe God has answered that prayer, that petition. Maybe God has brought that praise to your heart. Is your heart rejoicing? You need to have that heart-to-heart conversation with God. He's watching. As we all stand, I want to encourage you to make sure that your heart is speaking to your Creator to your savior and this altar is open i invite everyone to come everyone let's come and talk to god maybe it's a conversation that you've been wanting to have for a while maybe it's just praise maybe you want to come and just rejoice because god has done so much for you for your family god has answered prayers Petitions have become promises, and those promises have become your praise. Speak to God from your heart. Pour out your heart to the one who truly loves you. No one loves you more than Jesus. No one. No one can know what's in this heart of yours and mine like Jesus knows. Give your heart to God. Maybe you've given it away in so many different ways. It's time to totally give your heart to God. Let Him hold your heart. Lift it up to Him. Glory to God. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Reach out to Him. Worship Him. God, we praise You. God, we worship You and thank You, Lord, that You would listen to our heart. God, You know our heart. We give it to You, Lord. We worship You. We trust You with our heart, God. Direct our path. Speak into our hearts, God. Speak into our lives, Lord Jesus. God, we worship You and thank You for the privilege of being in a heart-to-heart conversation with you, Lord. Hear our heart, God. Lord, direct us. Help us follow your path. Thy will be done, Lord, in our heart, in our life, Lord Jesus. God, you truly know our heart, and we reach out to you, Lord. God, we praise you, Lord, from the depths of our heart. Praise your name, Jesus. God, we reach out to you. God, we praise you and thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name.
sing it with us. My heart, I give you my soul. Thank you, Lord. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Oh, thank you, Lord. Isn't it an amazing God that He allows us to be able to have heart-to-heart conversations? What a great God we serve that He would allow us in our humanity to be able to connect with the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And let me tell you something, your relationship with God is not like any other relationship. When people are not always sure how to approach you or how to counsel or advise, sometimes you even feel like people are distancing themselves from you. But oh, my friend, in a time of trouble, God comes close. He is as close as the mention of his name. Why don't we lift our hands and our voice one more time and let's just thank the Lord. God, we give you praise and glory. We're so thankful that while man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us as your people, hallelujah, to be able to bring our petitions before you, to make our heart known unto you. God, you are there just as close as the mention of your name. We speak the name of Jesus right now in every situation. Hallelujah. Amen. What a great God we serve. So thankful for his love and his mercy. So thankful for that good word today by Dr. Johnson. Amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. You are dismissed. Hug and greet your neighbor. Amen. And if you're a visitor, please stop by in our reception. Cafe. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you in Jesus' name.